Hello, this is Lisa LaRose here on Connect to Love on PRN FM, and I am joined by Michael J. Rust, who makes every day amazing. Michael, I want to give you a big, huge welcome and uh, say Love being here, hello. Always. always. Yeah. Your NFM is yeah. a great place to be. <laughs> it truly, truly is. So I have a question, Michael. Do you have a favorite pair of jeans? Yeah, I'm wearing them. Perfect. Right Perfect. Yep. So... Yep. You know to, me. You know, you know what the they woman say. woman of wonder. Yeah, they, uh, Go That's ahead. very true. Everybody, I think everybody has a favorite pair of jeans. And you know what's interesting? I've heard from several different sources that you should never wash your jeans. Ah, like, I don't know about that. What are you that? talking about? Would never wash your jeans. You know, I go to the barn in these, in these things, too, you know. So, uh, <laughs> you know, you got you to gotta wash them, you know. I mean, but yep. it, it, I was told, um, I mean, washing... Um, multiple washings over uh, the course of time does happen to wear the uh, uh, wear down the fabric, wears down the denim. Yeah. And, well, I have uh, a, I have a fair, favorite pair of jeans, and they've been with me since high school. So <laughs> that's how how old my favorite pair of jeans are, and they're geez, just as okay, comfortable. Okay, I'm not going there. I'm not going to touch that one. <laughs> they've been they've been washed, but you're still you know, wearing I, clothes I, since high school. I you wore in high school, still, really. I yes, truly, truly, truly. <laughs> wow! Uh, okay. <laughs> kind of funny. But like, that have... that actually is, is part of why I'm asking the question because it's it's about uh, being being true to me, being who I, I am authentically. I have not given up. Every time I look to th- to see about getting rid of them, I I just put them back in my drawer and pull them out when I want to be comfortable. So, um, but I I was thinking about, and this is sort of goes and it's kind of a roundabout way introducing the topic for today, but. I was thinking about a pair of Levi's because that's what mine are. And I thought about the company Levi's and when they started. And it actually, the the jeans go all the way back into the 1800s uh, right. with Levi Strauss. And Levi Strauss was a Bavarian dry good merchant who came to San Francisco in uh, 1853 and had a wholesale dry good business. Now, one of his customers happened to be a tailor named Jacob Davis. And one day, somebody that was a just a local laborer asked Jacob if he could make a pair of pants for her husband that would not fall apart. Now, what he did was he decided to strengthen the pants using metal rivets at the points of strain. And out of that came the base of the button fly jeep. And what's so interesting is the riveted pants, I don't think, were actually very comfortable, (laughs) which I found to be quite interesting. But um, in 1873, they, Levi Strauss and uh, Davis, patented the jeans, which actually became the modern-day Levi's 501s. And, And back in the day, they called them XX which was interesting because there was just a single back pocket, um, a watch pocket, and then a place for the suspender buttons. But really, that was the birthplace of the modern-day jeans. And it wasn't until uh, the 1960s that they actually came up with that word jeans. But what I found so interesting is the jeans, you know, really over the years haven't changed much. And it wasn't until probably, you know, through the era, through the Depression, uh, jeans sort of became a main staple. 
And what's interesting is no matter what it was within the renaissance of American fashion, Levi's grew and grew and grew. And it was it was sort of interesting because I, I sort of, when I was thinking about Levi's as jeans and how they became kind of a standard uh, for not just the United States, but all around the world, people have their, their favorite pair of jeans. But after Levi's, there was Wranglers and Lee and all these other designer brands and whatever, but you know, it was all about being authentic to the brand. Levi's never went into trying to be a fancy designer brand with putting all kinds of decals and things like that. Yeah, they came up with some different styles and true. probably the, 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 the bell bottoms, yeah. but they did. They did. Yeah. And and I think that this is this is what we're, my, my mindset was, that when you stay true to the original, it becomes comfortable. It becomes easy. It becomes relaxed. You put them on. There's a feeling when you get into your favorite pair of jeans. And I think that that's to me what authentic, being authentic is. It's stepping into your own skin and feeling good about it. It's feeling relaxed. It's going with the flow. You know that all of the, there's nothing, uh, no, no surprises. No surprises. And, um, I, you know, I thought it might be a fun thing to play with because, you know, everybody from little kids up until, I think, you know, grandparents, they, you know, have some pair of jeans that are their absolute favorite. And I think it's just a, a fun way to kind of introduce what it really means to be authentic. And, uh, yeah. Although, I got to tell you, I was there's there's no way in the world I could fit into a pair of jeans from high school. I'm 40 pounds heavier than I was then, mostly muscle. You know, I have my overtime worked on my back and my gut and you know a lot of things. And I was I was 135 pounds in high school. You were very thin. <laughs> let's add you know let's let's jump up into the one one early low 180s right now. So yeah, I was um, I was. You grew up. You filled out. Blossoming, you know, I was blossoming, mm-hmm. growing into myself, and uh, uh, I like to think that my spiritual growth has had just the, the same path. Um, and that's, yeah, authenticity. Yeah, that. I mean, even now, I mean, everybody has something. They have a, they have favorite clothes in their in their closet. I have my favorite pair of tennis shoes, Allbirds. I've got three pair of those. I wear them all the time. I like uh, mm-hmm. the fact that that. Uh, um, that they're merino wool and they're made, the soles are made from recycled, recycled materials and they're comfortable as all get out. Um, the jeans uh, as well. I have actually two pair of jeans. I have, I do have a pair of actual dedicated barn jeans and work jeans that I wear around when I'm going to do something in the yard or going to go to the barn or whatever. And I have another pair of jeans that I wear. And if I'm going to go to dinner and I just want to, you know, cash it out, you know, I'll throw a pair of, um, even sometimes dress shoes with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. A shirt, and you know, you you just everybody's got their favorite uh, favorite clothing. And mine, I've uh, just actually changed over my wardrobe into a lot of uh, sort of slim uh, stretch sort of fabric um, pants as well that I really like. They're very comfortable, and uh, you know, I mean, it's since I don't have to really dress up anymore in suits and ties, and haven't for twenty years. It's um, you know, wardrobe has kind of kind of changed in terms of. You know, individual authenticity 
I'm I'm very much hoping that I mean I don't necessarily follow a pattern of of I'm not attempting to be like somebody else, and mm-hmm. I think authenticity is really not being uh, not wanting to or seeking to be like someone else, which is really what is sold in our society. Sold is you know somebody else is doing this, and so they're doing it. You need to do it. And something that I found very interesting, the there's a council, uh, a design council that gets together every year, um, the year before the next year comes, and they decide what the colors are going to be mm-hmm. in fashion. I found that interesting. I didn't know that until I saw the thing. I said, a council? A bunch of designers and everybody get together, and designers from various all walks of life uh, get together and, and, uh, and decide, you know, orange is the next big thing, you know, for next year. And I'm going, what? You know, so, I mean, I didn't do my colors that way. I actually kind of had my colors done by a guy out of Canada um, about 12 years ago. And... Um, I'm not, his name's not coming to mind, but I'll have to look it up and have it for the next show. However, I, he told me what my complementary colors were, what my main colors were based on uh, my, uh, my skin tone, my uh, spiritual side, my this, my that. I mean, basically, he went into a lot of different things. And so um, I kind of use that as a base, a foundation, and then kind of branch out from mm-hmm. that. Um, and I don't really follow fashion trends. I find that they, um, that, that is kind of, because they change every year. Right. And it's an inauthentic, in my view, an inauthentic way to live is to um, uh, seek to coordinate and to correspond and live by something that is actually outside of you instead of what you're, you're feeling inside. You know, like if, it, right. if someone said, if all of a sudden somebody said, jeans are out, you know, and they're spreading that message around in ads and, and, and all these things. And you're going like, wait a minute, I like my favorite pair of jeans. You know, would you rebel? Yep. You know, yep. they said, okay, den- den- denim's out, chino's in, right? Yep. Um, and, and that's the way they're selling kind of the new, uh, new kinds of pants right now um, for men, I know, is they're very comfortable, very relaxed, not jeans, right? And that's fine. You can have some of those. However, you've always got to have your go-tos. Yeah. Well, no, it's it's so easy breezy, don't you think? I mean, you put on a pair of jeans, and you know, sometimes, and and I think it's got to be the. I I'd love to give the person credit, the first person who said, you know what, jeans are not just for casual wear. I'm going to put a sport coat on with them and some cowboy boots. Beautiful. And oh man. Go out and feel Absolutely. great about it. I yep. do it. I do it. I do it. It's the way to be. To be you, you can dress up a pair of jeans and just about anything. I'll wear a custom, you know, hand, tailored shirt with them, you know, and and again, a pair of nice Italian mocks or something that I really enjoy that are very comfortable. I don't have to put on any socks. I just slip the mocks on underneath my straight leg jeans, and I'm and I'm you know put a nice belt on and that matches and whatever shirt, colorful shirt I can come up with. You know, I've got a lot of them uh-huh. in the wardrobe. I like the and colors. Don't forget your wild. your dynamite smile that goes along with it. And <laughs> it's it leads it leads me into a room and uh, uh, and it's it's wonderful when I uh, when when I come across people uh, that I resonate with and it was kind of interesting. I have to tell you this quick little story about the authentic. We I love I like teppanyaki. Okay, Japanese teppanyaki you know style cooked right in front of you uh, in mm-hmm. a Japanese style restaurant and. 
we went to uh, we were in um, Biloxi, Mississippi, at the Beau Rivage, and their restaurant Gia has a one has two tables in the back. And we were we there was only two couples, two tables, but there were only two couples in sixteen seats, right? So I'm going. What the heck? What is this all about? So we come in there and we see this other couple sitting on the far end of the table, right? They're the only people there. <laughs> so we're like, uh, yeah, let's make some new friends. So we went and sat right Good next to you. So it was just the two of us, right? And we ended up being, uh, having a great conversation uh, and became fast friends. And, and it was it's really funny. We ran into them. Two other times, actually one other time, and the next night we ran into him in the next restaurant that we went to because we'd known that they were going to be going there. So we had a reservation there, too, so we saw him last night as well. And great, just a great couple, just just really wonderful. wonderful, warm people, and I just I just love it. I like making friends, and, you know, we'll, when we go to Columbia, South Carolina, you know, before we go, we'll look them up. We'll have dinner, you know, and, yeah. and uh, uh, let them kind of give us a lay of the land a little bit and because we get no people up in that area now so it's it's really fun it's really fun is to get out of comfort zone uh, uncomfort zone and actually go take a risk and meet somebody new but you know uh, that's that's who you are michael that's being authentic and living your life according to your own values and you enjoy embracing and learning new things about people. That's being true to your own personality. It's part of your spirit. It is, it doesn't matter what the social means are like, you know, Oh my gosh, like how maybe we shouldn't go there. I have a friend of mine and it's so funny. I, I have no problem asking for the seat that I want to sit in, in the restaurant. Because I don't want to be underneath a television and or wherever it is, and and I think it's okay. And and on Sunday I went out to brunch, and it's an it's a wonderful place in an antique store, and they have tables up at the tea room. They have all kinds of wonderful food, and nine out of ten times you're going to be seated with strangers that you don't know because they try to they have limited space, and they try to fill up and make sure that everybody can be served, and it's. Great, but I know some people who don't enjoy that. You would enjoy that. You would shock, and that's part of your genuineness. And I think that that's really being true to to who you are. That's being authentic. Um, I don't know if you know the story of Walt Disney, and I love the story about him because when he was in grade school, he would draw. And on his drawings, he would draw pictures of flowers, and they would have faces. And his teacher said, honey, those are really nice flowers, but they don't have faces. And he said, well, mine do. Mine do. <laughs> I love it. And, you know, in, in, you know, a lot of things in, in my world, they have, they have hearts and flowers, and there's lots of bright colors and not a lot of white walls and um, maybe things that might not you would wouldn't con, you know consider matching in a in a house um, but it's they all kind of come together. I find a common color and I kind of just throw it all together and it it works in my world it works and and I think that that's really part of what it is I mean when we live by what we're committed to, our passion. We do what we say we're going to do. We own our truth of who we are. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm the first person to admit that I'm a little quirky. I like things to be bright. I 
I like things to be comfortable. I like a lot of pillows. I have this lovely obsession with comfortable linens. I, when I get into bed, I want to be comfortable. Oh, yeah. um, I agree with it's you. It's just mm. part of who I am, part of my well, authenticity. You know, I, I can come straight out and tell my audience this, that luxury is, is, is not something to be shunned. Luxury for you can mean you know, any number of different things. However, you know, for you, it's luxury linens. You like to make sure that when you're laying in bed, you're, you're incredibly comfortable. To somebody else, uh, with me, it's luxury in shoes and suits or blazers or shirts or whatever it is that, that uh, I, if I'm putting something on my body, I want it to, feel, to be comfortable. I want it to resonate with me more than anything else. And I can tell what, I know what doesn't resonate with me. I'm not a plaid guy. Okay, I'm not wearing plaid. Mm-hmm. I'm wearing tartan. No, I can't imagine you in no, plaid. It's, it's, it's not going to be something that I'm going to be putting on. It just doesn't resonate with me, right? Paisley. I don't resonate with paisley. Um, and <laughs> so all the squiggliness, you know, uh, yeah, it's kind of cool for some people, but not me. I just have always shied away from, from that just naturally, right? Um, not to say that I don't like bright colors or cool patterns and interesting things. I do. Um, and so it's... I can tell when I see something, I go, oh, I like that. That resonates with me. I want that. I mean, mm-hmm. where, where, did that? Where, did I get, where did you get that from? Um, because I know that it's really awesome. Uh, and I know I'll feel excellent. I'll feel amazing in it. And for, for you know, someone like myself, and I, and I encourage people all the time to be confident. So how, how, do, you, mm-hmm. how do you develop that a confidence, the confidence to go out and actually sit down at a bar, which is where I sit 99.9% of the time. I'll sit at a bar. Even if there's no one there now, I know that there's somebody who will, uh, who will either sit next to me or whatever. The bar is the one place, and it's interesting because Carol Collins talked about this uh, in her class week before last uh, with the teacher. And also and, on our show, absolutely. Yeah, in our show. Yes, that's, mm-hmm. yes, that is where it happened. She was talking about sitting at the bar. And how uh, and our, uh, our listeners can go back to Connect to Love uh, podcast archives and just catch a couple of shows ago and catch this this particular episode with Carol Collins, which is really and, and the teachers is really fabulous. The only place you're really going to meet people is where the only time you're going to meet people is when you're in a in a place where it's permissible to do so. And like mm-hmm. she was saying, I mean, I have been sitting at a table. And actually, somebody made a comment, and maybe I inserted myself in that conversation in a very, because I can do that, in a very cool little sort of way. I just kind of make a comment or whatever. Um, but I can always sense when it's not the right time to say anything. So, uh, but the, most of the time, it's sitting at, at the bar. I'll sit at the bar, mm-hmm. and I'll have a little something to bite to eat. Uh, Samuel and I go sit at a bar, and we have met some of our best friends now in life uh, by you know, sitting in a restaurant and, and finding out about people. It's the place where you have permission to actually c- communicate with people and, in a restaurant. Right. So even in the, in the most highbrow restaurant, we'll go sit at the bar, you know, and watch the chefs prepare with love, you know, watch them put things together, talk to the sous chef or the chef himself, um, say a couple of things and, you know, compliment it, those things that you really liked. Let them know. Uh, and, if you go to a place, we have a favorite place that we go to, and we have gotten to know the staff, some of the staff, uh, four or five of the staff, and now we've started to get together outside the restaurant once a month on a Sunday when they're not working. And 
we get together and, and, and share food and fellowship and just just laugh and stories and all kinds of things away from the restaurant. And mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's actually, we do it once a month, and it's really quite, quite fabulous. It's really a wonderful time. And then when we go into the restaurant, we have, you know, people that we have a, a hierarchy of people that we ask to service every time we go in there. And it's just, it's so much fun. We get to find out what they were doing. And when, when they came back from their vacations, what they did. And we, they texted us and sent us pictures. And, and it was just, it, it's wonderful. Connection is with with other living beings, other human beings, is, is an amazing thing. And to do it, though, you really want to be authentic, as authentic as possible. Mm-hmm. You don't want to give somebody else the impression that you're something that you're not. That just doesn't make any sense. 100%. Sooner or later, mm-hmm. you will have to be you, you know. And so uh, I make it a point, I make it a point, uh, and I started doing this about 40 years ago, never talk politics, never talk religion, because those things involve beliefs that are people become different people when they talk about those two subjects, you know, and they're not really what I find is there's a lot of uh, thought viruses that are being uh, espoused, you know, when, when mm-hmm. you, you've been taught, you've been told something by somebody that you respect, it may not necessarily be true, it may not be factual, um, it, you may not believe in it, and you, all of a sudden you're, you find yourself literally preaching to somebody about who they should be or what they should do. And that's not your place to, to do that to people. You've, you've got no, to... No, and I don't think that's really being authentic, Michael. I no, mean, I not. think that when you, you said it very well because you said you have an, a knowingness of when to interject in a conversation, that's self-awareness. And I believe right. that self-awareness has a lot to do with being authentic. You know, yeah. you you can hide for your your true self from other people, but when you're being authentic, you don't have to worry about that. And I, I when you were speaking, it reminded me of that movie, Just Go With It. I don't know if you saw that with Adam Sandler and yeah. Jennifer Aniston. And, oh, awesome. You know, he was, yeah, he, you know, awesome. he... he he is hurt in his relationship. I don't want to spoil the movie, but, you know, he ends up not getting married. He takes the wedding ring and he ends up putting it on in a bar. And this girl gloms on to him because she's like, oh, you know, you're, you're not hitting on because you're married. Oh, you know? And he finds that it, it works for him until he finds somebody that he really <laughs> likes. But he is yeah. so far removed from being his authentic self that he doesn't even know how to navigate back to that. And, right. I, and I think that that's really where, you know, your being authentic means you have integrity. You do the right thing. You don't second-guess exactly. yourself. You know who you are. You know what you do. You know what you believe in. And everything aligns just absolutely perfectly in that regard. And, yeah. I, and I think there's a, a, you know, one of the exercises that I really love is, is working with the I am. You know, if you if you just write down and take a, a piece of paper and write at the top, I am, and think about your gifts, think about your blessings, I am witty, I am happy, I am joyful, Perfect. I am knowledgeable about power tools, you know? Yeah. What did Perfect. you say? Perfect. I'm perfect. perfect. Yeah. I'm perfect. It's one of the things that, you know, people don't consider themselves to be to be perfect. Um, perfection, I've always said, is a moving target because every day your, your idea of perfection shifts and changes with new information, new experiential wisdom. However, 
there's nothing wrong with uh, actually being perfect as you are right now mm-hmm. and, uh, and believing that that perfe- perfection exists. You are that perfection, no matter you know, who you are. Our society, unfortunately, uh, doesn't consider people that have you know, four limbs or uh, think like they do or uh, have uh, dys- dyslexia or whatever to be perfect because, oh, you're not like this. You know? Interestingly enough, everyone is perfect as they are. Everyone. And when you, when you start to um, say, you know, my life is perfect, I am perfect, you know, my health is perfect, everything, you're literally reinforcing that, and that's, that's what you manifest is mm-hmm. that perfection. And you do it by your words, how you talk about yourself and your life. And Absolutely. It's powerful stuff. It's so powerful. It's, uh, I was talking to a girlfriend about it at lunch today that, that these nuances of self-talk now that I am, am becoming more and more aware of. And I've got two self-talk books out, and I'm talking about the basics of, of speaking positively about yourself and certain things you don't want to, things you want to avoid saying. And now that's kind of blossomed into uh, you know, a Ph.D. in understanding what uh, self-talk is from a, from every little nuance that that when you when you talk about yourself in a very positive way in a positive light yourself and your life uh, and what you're experiencing uh, in a positive way you, it begets more of that positivity it begets mm-hmm. more of it and that's what you want you want more positive and and the, the same thing happens when you talk about yourself in a negative way you're going to manifest that experience by doing the same thing you're going to get more of what you uh, talk about and think about. So why not literally begin to take absolute control of your own thoughts and feelings and life experience? What you actually, mm-hmm. what comes to you, what comes to you. And and some people when I when I when I say that one thing, are like their eyes glaze over. Like no, how can that happen? It, it can't happen, and it, and it can't happen because I, I tell them well. One of the things holding you back is that word can't. That's, that's what mm-hmm. holds you back. And, and think about all the things that you doubt that you think aren't possible and how often you focus on the things not being possible for you, maybe in your, in your position uh, financially or relationship-wise or whatever. You're thinking, no, that, could, that can't happen. Um, it's something with your kids. It, it's, everything is, is, is possible. Why not start designing your life instead of just living it? is what I used to say. Um, I think it's titled my second self-talk book, How to Design Your Life One Day at a Time. That is what you do. You do it without even understanding how to do it. But once you understand how to do it, it makes life much more interesting because now you're actually you're taking a more active role in your own reality that you're creating. And that role is hands-on versus hands-off. I'll just you know, let things happen. I'll talk about myself any way I darn well please, and I'll end up with whatever comes to me. Um, and I, I keep saying, you've got a lot more control than that. You've got like the nth degree of control. All you have to do is just literally take hold of it. And authenticity is a huge part of that. Being authentic in every way. I love what you said about uh, integrity. Um, and and I, I would say, ask yourself a question. How much do you know about yourself? 
What do you mm-hmm. believe? In? What 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 is and where did those beliefs come from? More right. than anything else, because a lot of the beliefs that people have in their life right now have come from somebody outside of them or something outside of them. It may not be right. Yeah. It may not be factual. It may not even be appropriate for them. However, they're they're following someone, they've been told something by someone that they respect as somebody, an authority figure, um, and sometimes in their most impressionable time in life, and that has stuck with them. We have to be willing to break away from that. We have to be willing to embrace new information that can help us live a happier, more healthy, um, a more connected life with other people. And now more than ever, we need that we need that connection with other people. We need to uh, to get away from uh, what I call um, a uh, you know, a stadium of, of of beliefs. You know, when you go to mm-hmm. a football stadium and there's two teams playing, and there's there's one side dressed in purple and the other side dressed in in orange. By the way, those are just arbitrary colors. <laughs> I don't want to say I'm referring yeah. to the team. <laughs> um, however, you have a certain set of beliefs that you've that you've been told to have about that team that you're rooting right. for. And you've been told to have a set of beliefs uh, about the other team that you're not rooting for. You've been told that. Is there any difference to you? They're all humans, right? You're all a bunch of people. You're 100,000 people in a stadium. However, because you have this belief that you've been told by the sports pundits, and the, I mean, now it's 24-7 sports punditry that's going on, uh, and news punditry and everything else. It's very, very challenging to actually come back to the root of who you are. What, what, is, what are your own beliefs? And mm-hmm. examine those beliefs and whether or not those beliefs are valid for you or whether right. there's something that somebody inserted into your mental psyche, you adopted it as your own, and there you go. You know, I mean, I've right. seen people... I've seen people change. I've seen people yeah. go from being uh, having racist tendencies to embracing everyone almost overnight because somebody blew the, the, their experience blew all those uh, thought viruses that they had been acting under and, and thinking under for uh, so long right out of the water. Just literally blew them up. They had no more right. validity. And they're going, oh, wow, that is kind of ridiculous that I was thinking that way. Wow, what was I thinking? I wasn't. I was thinking, I was, I was actually acting on somebody else's thoughts. Right. I was well, you know, and it, I think it has a lot of times, too, and I, when you were talking, Michael, it's like what no longer serves you. Do these beliefs no longer serve you? And I think about education. Education, and I, and I laugh because of, like, new math. Like, what is new math? It has to be done a certain way. There was a belief that math had to be done a certain way. And then somebody came up with another idea about it. And, you know, and I think back when I was in grade school, they would arrange us from the tallest to the shortest. Like, something was right. completely out of somebody's control. And, and it's such a strange thing. So then the tall people got a complex because they were too tall, and the short people... And then, you know, oh, I need to be taller. Oh, geez, I wish I was shorter. And, and instead of just being who you were, because you, there's nothing that you can do about it. There's absolutely nothing you can do about the height that you have. 
Mm-hmm. And in regards to a lot of different things. Now, there are things that you can, you can change about yourself. And as you start to discover, you know, who you are and what your purpose is and what you're passionate about. And you sort of discover your own courage of conviction and say, you know what? Yeah, I get that our whole family did it this way, but I don't think so. You know, if you want to see me as the black sheep, then, or the green sheep or whatever sheep it is, uh, you know, and, and just... Oh, I want to do things my way. And yes, those labels, those labels are, are inherently, in my view, dangerous. They really are. Mm-hmm. They're, really, they're, they're dangerous to, to developing your own sense of self and your own authenticity in life. Right now, we, we live in a world where people want to tell you who, you who you can be. Who you can be. There's a power structure that wants to tell you who you can be. Right? You're just another human being. You're doing your own thing. What is it to you? This is the thing I always say. What, is it, what does it matter what they do? Does it, where does this emanate from? It emanates from a sense of beliefs that other people want to impress upon other people. They want to control other people, and they want to do it through uh, 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 the, the law, which is a, the legal system, and through uh, peer pressure and other means to get people to change because they inherently they believe that that is inherently negative, that's inherently bad. And I'm sitting there saying, you know, I don't try to tell people how to play their game of golf unless they ask. And then I'll impart, uh, not, I won't get down on the way that they play golf. I'll simply say things that, that can enhance their game, right? I'm not here to criticize what you do. I'm here to say, well, if you did that, you might have a better result. You know, maybe practice that next time you, you get out. After I observe somebody and they ask me, oh, I got, what do you think about my, my play today? You know, I'll, I'll just say, here, here's where, bottom line, you were awesome. Here's how you can improve. You know, mm-hmm. um, but I mean, it, it, this is, there's something that, you, you sent a, a link to me, um, Pam Gregory's, uh, one of her latest videos, and I thought it was so amazing the way that she encapsulated what we've been talking about here on the show, what I've been talking about on my own Life Moves podcast, and what we, um, what we, what we, I know, believe in our hearts up to this particular point in time. We we are in a we're in a rea- reality that is being people are living a reality that's derived from outside themselves, uh, and and <laughs> and it needs to be derived from inside of you, you know, in your head, mm-hmm. uh, because we get more of what we focus on. We focus, if we focus on fear and, uh, and greed and hate and all these things, they all emanate from attempting to control someone else, to get them to believe what you believe, to, to, to get them to act the way you act. This is not, this is not reality. That's not reality. Individuals uh, can be individuals. They don't have to be, you know, everybody thinks differently. Try, attempting to make someone else uh, be something that there aren't doesn't promote connectedness. It promotes division, right? Mm-hmm. So the whole idea is that the strife uh, and the, 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 the hatefulness that's going on in the world today, in, in, in her view, she simply says, you know, life is not trying to control what uh, unfolds outside of us. And this is what everybody attempts to do, mm-hmm. control everything outside of you. And what that emanates from, we can take 100 different guesses, Right infinite number of reasons why people attempt to, you know, it could be because they don't feel good about themselves, because somebody told them to do so, because they're acting under a, a multiple, multiple layers of thought viruses um, that they've been uh, in, introduced to and accepted as their own. However, 
we can set the intention to live from inside of ourselves through empowerment and through sovereignty. That we can do. And that's what we have control over. And when we become interconnected on a higher level, a lot of this strife and hate and grief will simply go away because it won't be supporting... Right now it's supporting a power structure. There are... There are, in, in our society, in our world, there are people who, in organizations and others, that, that have a, it's their agenda to, to take power, to control other people. And we have to be strong enough to resist that. And our authenticity thrives when we're able to, um, to resist the outside messages that want us to be a certain way. Mm-hmm. So yep. it's uh, it, it's an interesting. The video is pretty awesome. Um, yeah, you know. I, I I loved it because she said, you know, she said my neighbors don't even know what I do. She said I think they think I read Hello Magazine and watch Netflix all the time. <laughs> yeah. Hello is is their, is their version of People. So it's the UK's yeah. version yeah. of People, and it's true. But it was it was it was delightful for me to hear her say that because here she's she's such a, a such a wonderfully authentic person and she found her passion in astrology and she shares her wisdom uh, about what she knows about the stars but not only that she she has a, a very voracious appetite for learning something new and connecting connecting with people like Veda Austin who does water and Michael Tellinger one small town and all of these curiosities but the driving force that that makes Pam so authentic is her connection to love and that being what she wants. Love, 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 love. Yeah. Yeah. And bringing more and more and more in that. And and I really respect her for that. And I don't know, there's a there was a woman, Bonnie Ware, she was a hospice nurse who wrote a book called The Top Five Regrets of Dying. And the one number one regret people said at their on their deathbed was, I wish I had the courage to live a life true to myself and not the life others expected of me. There you go. And there you go. In a nutshell. In your life. Yeah. Yep. And Pam does not do that. Many of the people that you and I connect with and, and maybe it's the vibration, maybe it's the frequency, maybe it's, you know, gosh, I wish I would have known Disney as a child, you know, being able to, See his vision grow from drawing little smiley faces on his flowers to Fantasia, where everything was animated and alive. Mm-hmm. And, and and I think it's a good metaphor for life. I mean, if you could animate your life and and make all that is is burning inside of you uh, the truth of who you are come to be, that's that to me is being authentic and and really living it, and, and it works. You know, it is. so I'm sure with, with, when Pam was in in school and she said, "Oh, I'm gonna, I want to grow up and I want to become an astrologer," and people look at her, that's like really dumb. You know, how are you going to make a living doing that? Obviously, or they she just is. astrology, right? You know, instead right. of what what you want to do because it wasn't part of the social norm. Um, it's 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 pretty amazing. Uh, when my when my brother did, you're a good man, Charlie Brown. When he was what was he sixteen? He did that play in Turkey, um, and that play, playing Linus uh, in that play, uh, literally 
was the catalyst for him going on to do other plays and actually decide to go study acting in college. And he did. He did several plays. He learned about it. He went to a, a university that specialized in theater. And he uh, learned, all, got, learned all the chops and things about behind stage and all that kind of stuff. And then he came back to California and he said, uh, he, he was in California, we were playing some music for a couple of years, and he said, all right, he says, I'm the, I, I, my, my goal is to be an actor. There's only one place that happens, that's Hollywood. And I need to go down there and make this happen for me. I believe in myself and I can do this. And my mother said, okay, I'll make it easy on you. I'll, make, I'll take the pressure of rent off you. Find an apartment, find an apartment just for you. Nothing extravagant and expensive, but an apartment that, that you can live in for a couple of years, and I'll pay the rent for two years for you, so you don't have to worry about paying rent. And I'll pay your utilities. So you can, you can take the car down there, you can have a place to, to live, and you can go apply your trade, go figure it out. And, oh gosh, that was back in 1981. So uh, to today, his resume history is pretty, his IDB, IMDB is, uh, list is, is huge. Um, and what's interesting is, uh, to his credit, he's remained authentic all the way through this. He lives in Hollywood, he lives in West Hollywood, but he has not adopted any of the West Hollywood behavior, egomaniacal behaviors and, and drugs and all that craziness. He has not done right. that. He's literally been his authentic self to this day. And I really love him for that and, and appreciate the fact that he's, he is that uh, beacon of authenticity as he lives it every single day. He doesn't, uh, he doesn't engage in, in, the, in the behavior that a lot of people get swept up in in that, in that environment, which is, you know, you've got to be like, you know, I've got to be like Mike. You know, I've got to be like somebody else. I've got to be like this. I've got to act like this. I've got to go to the right parties. I've got to meet, you know, the right people and smooth with the right people in order to do things. Nope, 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 nope. None of that. I've got to have a rich, fancy, expensive sports car and, and all that. And, you know, no, none of that. Just a basic, you know, everyday individual living in a house just like anybody else, owns his own house. But I've always appreciated that. And, I mean, it's so easy I've known people who have talked to people who've had to leave that environment. They've had to move outside right. of it. They still work in it, sure, but they, they've had to move hundreds of miles away, and they just get on a plane and come to work when they need to come to work. To go right, to because they've probably lost track of who they really were. Exactly. I mean, I would imagine so that that's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. Right. It's so true. Now you think about social media and influencers today. Influencers are thriving, like the Kardashians and others. They're probably the, some of the top influencers out there. Um, but there are many influencers that around the world that are uh, just the word influencer. <laughs> it's it, you could substitute, you know, uh, you know, uh, somebody who who spreads thought viruses because that's really what what they do. They tell you that this is the best thing and this is what you should be doing, and and you go and follow it and you do it yourself. Now, if it makes you feel good, if it makes you feel happy, if it's fun for you, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with it. Right. Because that's, that's what the teachers always say. You know, make life fun. Do things that make you happy. Do things because they are fun to do. Because fun is what life is supposed to be. Things that bring you joy. Fun, joy, happiness. That's what a life is all about. And I say to people all the time, I say, why are you doing that thing you don't like? Oh, because it pays the bills. Really? 
my gosh. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe you could. What, what would you rather be doing? If you didn't have to pay the bills, what would you rather be doing? And they tell me something, and I go, well, do you do that anyway? No, I had to give it up because I had, you know, a couple of kids and whatever. And I'm going, okay, great. Why can't you just dabble in it on the side? Do you understand how, how that joy and fun and happiness that you get from doing that thing, that hobby that you really love, that makes you feel fulfilled in life, contributes to the rest of your life? Do you have any idea mm-hmm. about that one? You know, and they go, oh, I don't think about that. That's, that's kind of interesting. It is. That's why it's important to pay attention to those things that you resonate with, those things that bring you joy. Pay attention. You're having fun doing this? Do more of it. You happy Do more doing of this? It. Feel good mm-hmm. about life? You feel life is perfect? Life is amazing? Life is magnificent? It's fabulous? It's spectacular? Yeah, do more of that. Do more right. of that. You know, I think it's, a, it's a great way to find, you know, to kind of fine tune and figure out who your authentic self is. Mm-hmm. And just because you 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 figure it out doesn't mean it can't evolve. It can't change. <laughs> I so look true. back, you know, you look at, you think about what your personal values were when you were in in elementary school, and then you know, in in high school, and then beyond, and those those evolve and they change. And so the way you, you sort of say, okay, well, this works for me, doesn't work for me, and you explore. And and I think that that's part of what it's all about. You you figure it out little bit by little bit. You have love and compassion for yourself. You forgive yourself along the way, and you go, oh yeah, well, you know what? Self correct. You know that may not have been, but my life is perfect. I'm loving on this. I'm trying this. Breathe in deep and and just keep refining and experience what it means to you. And question, question, question. Why, why, why would I have to do that again? Why do I have to be that way? Somebody says, oh, you need to be. No, why do I have to be that way? Does that resonate with me? Does this make me feel good when I, when I even think about it? You know, does yeah. it make my body tingle? Does it uh, put a smile on my face? Um, those kinds of decisions. And I, I went through a phase and I, uh, that kind of led to where I am right now, where I decided that I was going to uh, turn down anything that, I really, that didn't resonate with me. He was, oh, let's go do this thing. Nah, no, I'm gonna, I prefer to do something else. It's not, I wouldn't say I don't want to. That is, that's not what you want to say. Um, because that is, it eludes that somebody else is, is wanting you to do something that, that you don't necessarily want to do. It's about a control issue. So better prefer to, mm-hmm. to, say, to say, I prefer to do something different. I do. I prefer to, I prefer to see a different movie. You know, instead of that slasher flick you want to see, I prefer to see that one. You know, instead, um, you know, that's that's what I that's my preference. And by stating that, you're being your authentic self, knowing that yeah. the other movie will make you happy. One will promote fear and and uh, all those other lower level emotions, and the other will lift, will elevate you. It will lift you up, make you feel good, right. make you feel like you do anything. And you have that yeah. right to do right. so. Absolutely, that's, that's being and- authentic. <laughs> And it was interesting because in the class last night with Carol Collins, there was I was a participant in the class who brought up the fact that her husband likes to watch violence in their bedroom, and she's not comfortable with that. Oh, and it was very interesting to see what the guide said and had many suggestions. Uh, first of all, I'm not a fan of a TV in the bedroom anyway, but that's that's me being authentic. 
I think, um, and the guide said, well, there's other things that you can do <laughs> in the bedroom. But, uh, you know, it was, it was interesting because you could see that it made her uncomfortable in, in order to keep peace and harmony. But there, there are things that sometimes you have to kind of put your foot down and put your own, your own truth, especially in your relationship. And it may be not a comfortable conversation, but in, you can come to a peaceful resolution where you can both be happy and really, you know, you, you do it out of love. Like this, this is our, our sacred space. I would just like to just invite more of that that lovingness, that close relationship that we want to develop and be open and honest. Um, and, and I think that that's part of what it means to be authentic to yourself. And yeah. it. You agree. I, I agree wholeheartedly. You know, it's, it's interesting. Um, I like architecture. So, I mean, unlike you, I'm a whole lot. I got seven TVs in the house, but I, you know, only one is on at a time. But I, I, I have one in my office, and it's not on that often, uh, unless I decide that I want to catch something that is that is uh, that I know is uplifting to me, like you know, mm-hmm. watch a soccer game with a specific player or team or whatever. I'll watch you know, some of the Olympic Games or some of the World Cup or whatever. Or I'll watch uh, something that's educational, some Nat Geo, something that is a, is a program that, that in, enlightens me with regard to the planet and, and its various phases or whatever. Um, and on occasion I'll catch the weather uh, in some place that I'm looking to go to. And, you know, there's, uh, and, and right now, um, uh, my girlfriend and I are on a Christmas movie binge on Netflix and other and, and Amazon Prime and others. There's and they so make you movies. feel good. I do the same. Oh my <laughs> gosh! You can you can you, we binge them now. We watch two a night at least uh, of these really cool, either from Hallmark or something else. But they're all on Netflix. They buy or they got this whole row of Christmas movies. You know that you can uh, that that you can watch. And we're recycling. We're watching movies that we watched last year again. You know, yeah. because they are so awesome, because yeah. they're about love, they're about kindness, they're about authenticity. Um, they are. They yeah, are. Just, there was they, one on Hallmark yeah. called The Town That uh, Everyone Forgot, and what a great, it replayed again last night on the Hallmark Channel on Roku, and it was it was such a heartwarming movie about, you know, people coming from New York City and they had their lives and what they were. And, and here was a salt-of-the-earth town that really were hard, uh, like hardworking people, but in a disadvantaged place because there was no tourism. There was nothing there, and a lot of yeah. businesses closed up. And and it, it was about, again, finding that truth. And the people that... Uh, I, it, it, I, I would advise everybody watching it. I don't want to ruin the movie, but it, it really was a, a good reminder for me about going back to your roots and being who you are, who you are, you know, not, not what you were perceived to be in, in a large city. Who are you? I'm, I'm going to what say your only, that you're, everything you're saying is absolutely correct. And it, it just, it starts us. it's, we're very, we're born authentic. We're born authentic individuals, and then somehow the world and society shapes us into who we are at any given point in time, and hopefully we're open to change, uh, to evolve, uh, to evolution of, of who we are. Um, however, we have to, if, there's, if I had one wish 
uh, you know, if I had one of three wishes from a genie, one of them would be to literally change the educational system so that, so that children had the opportunity to discover who they are, what their gifts are, what their talents are. Um, I understand the importance of reading. You have to read. You know, writing, good thing. Now everybody's using, less people are writing, more people are using tablets. Um, they've given up using, you know, teaching cursive in, in school anymore, which was integral to, um, you know, really developing your personality uh, because it was mind to hand, you know, a brain to hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you write, most people don't know this, but if you write uh, right hand, left-handed, it's the creative brain. If you, your non-dominant hand is, is, it puts you in touch with the creative brain, creative side of your brain. Uh, and so um, it, it's... It's just something that, you know, we, we grow, we're, we're happy, we're curious, we're inventive, we're inspired, and then you get put in school and they want to put you in a little box. And you, they tell you what to do and when to do it and uh, tell you what you can't do and the only things you can do. And before you know it, whatever, whatever creativity, inspiration uh, that you had, kind of gets drummed out of you because you're now in the quote-unquote system, right? And it was different when we, when, I, when we grew up. At least we had, uh, there were periods where in school where you could go try shop or woodworking or art or home economics or uh, you could try uh, sheet metal working. You could try whatever, you automotive shop. You could go and participate in on the school premises, paid for by the school, okay, Something that would allow you to let your creative and inspire inspired juices flow. You know, let your your um, uh, your your intentions about creating things just give them a place, a space to thrive. Right, your creative places to thrive, and that's that's something that doesn't exist anymore. It doesn't exist, uh, and it's unfortunate because the alternative right now, the the source of of doing that is, is social media for a lot of mm-hmm. for a couple of generations right now social media is the place where you go to develop that and unfortunately that's that's that doesn't teach connection it really allows you to be in a in a box and connect with other people in a sort of an illusionary way you don't see them face to face you don't see a smile you don't gauge their body language or the tone learn the tones of people's voices when they when they speak and you don't get to look in their eyes, and you don't get to uh, basically look into their hearts because their their stature and their tone is kind of telling you who they are. Uh, people can be inauthentic, parading is authentic, and mm-hmm. we have to learn as a as an individual, as human beings, we have to learn how to uh, uh, connect with people and read people and be able to allow our own intuition to come forth and uh, help us understand who is you know, with us and who's working against our own, um, our own authenticity. Let's put it that way. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah. how much time we got Absolutely. left? Absolutely. Lady here on PRNFM. <laughs> we have, a, we have about two minutes and, uh, and Michael, you know, you got, you got a whole drawer full of jeans, you know, it's your choice every day. <laughs> you know, what do you get? Which, uh, which out of those, 
uh, collection of genes, which one are you going to put on today? And it's sort of that same thing. You know, every day we have choices that we make, um, and hopefully you'll choose to be honest about who you are and, and choose to be self-loving and really let yourself be seen and every day make that choice. And, and uh, you know, being in those comfortable pair of jeans and being authentically true to who you are really can make all the difference. And I would encourage everybody to draw smiley faces on their flowers and, and uh, right. know who you are. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I yeah, and I'll let you just close out the show. <laughs> no, all I want to say is I'm going to go wash my jeans here tonight uh, because <laughs> they, they, they need it. I've got some chocolate stains I discovered on them from something I was eating in the car on the way home. But, uh yeah, um, treat your dreams with love. Uh, they are one of the most uh, authentic uh, items uh, for you know. For one of the items that that, that contributes to your, most to your authenticity in, in in life, and they go with everything. So, yeah, <laughs> what the absolutely. Heck? Love you all. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Love you Wherever too. you are in the right. world, listening. Right. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. I agree. We're so grateful to each and every one of you who t- take the time to tune in and share our connection to love and uh, until next time yes bye-bye
then go to my Instagram and then just follow because every day I put a channeled message from one of the non-physical teachers and and then I put it out there and then I copy it to my Facebook page. So if you see me on Instagram, then follow because then you get more of that kind of stuff showing up in your news feed. And that all positivity. Yeah. Yeah. More it all positivity. Right. It also feels good to, you know, be able to see you guys because I always put your link on there. And so it's fun. I appreciate yeah. you. I appreciate love them. You. I love them. Thank you. Uh, Michael saves them and I save them and I read them and I anchor them in. I say them out loud and uh, grateful for for adding to the positivity to my grid for sure. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you. I'll say ciao. Ciao. Yeah. Ciao. Yeah. So invite (laughs) to to go to americasmedium.com and, uh, and please, if you're in Rome, uh, join Carol for dinner. <laughs> Find me. Very, very gorgeous. Emerald green dress. And you can't miss yeah. it. Long blonde hair. Emerald green dress. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Thank you all for And big me. smile. Big smile. Absolutely. <laughs> Take care, Carol. All right. Good night, everybody.